Let's get elevated. Let's get elevated. Let's get elevated. The verdict is in, and Chauvin is guilty, guilty, guilty. Florida governor signs anti-riot bill. Should marijuana be legalized federally? And Dems fight to make D.C. the 51st state. Let's get elevated. I would not call today's verdict justice, however, because justice implies true restoration. But it is accountability, which is the first step towards justice. And now the cause of justice is in your hands. And when I say your hands, I mean the hands of the people of the United States. That was the voice of Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison, who served as the lead prosecutor in the Chauvin trial, eloquently summing up exactly what the verdict meant. Derek Chauvin was found guilty of all three charges, second and third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. And while it was a historic moment in the sense that we have not seen police officers being held accountable for violating our rights, it was injustice. Floyd is still dead. More importantly, it hasn't served as a deterrent either. Just this week, three more black people have been killed by police. The circumstances in each is different and have caused various debates. But what can't be disputed is black lives still don't matter. The shit is exhausting. It's getting to the point where it seems like Al Sharpton, Ben Crump and the other activists are on tour going from one city to another, having to repeat themselves over and over. What are your thoughts? Like you said, I don't think that is a deterrent. I was just reading something that um, said after the verdict, it was like six shootings within 24 hours. So six police shootings within 24 hours of the verdict. Um, No, it's justice in the fact that we it was hard to believe that he would be found guilty on all three charges, which we knew that he should have been found guilty on all three charges. Um, so I would say it's justice in that sense. We still have to wait for the other three or is it four or the other three that were um, involved. And in my estimation, they're not going to get the charge. They're not going to get charged like Chauvin. For one, one of the guys, even though I won't, I won't say that it was really, you know, going against Chauvin, but one of the guys did walk over and try to get Chauvin to turn him over. That could be his defense. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's, you know, you can't think that something's going to change when racism is ingrained in the way police do, you know, how they handle themselves. It's not just one police. It's not just bad apples. It's bad policies. Um, there was this, they, they, it's bad training. And when it comes to black people, we've seen over and over and over again that it does not matter how we act. We are going to be treated like animals which is unfortunate. We see over and over and over again where um, white males mainly are outrageously overly violent, pulling out guns, talking about guns and not getting shot or even beat. You know, we just saw a video of a police officer punching a guy who was handcuffed. Unnecessary. You know, it may change the minds of some police officers because there was another incident in Los Angeles where a police officer intervened when another police officer was using excessive force, maybe it will make them think twice. Um, but changing, I don't think in my lifetime 
And like we spoke about before, it's about knocking down the entire system because the entire system is ingrained. The old keeper, the old keeper guy who said that uh, they have police officers and military trained people in their organization. These people, it's something about another police officer posting something on Facebook about the Chauvin trial. It's just ingrained in their blue wall. So, no, makes no difference. No, I, I mean, I agree. Um, we, I mean, it's obvious the system is is all kind of messed up. I mean, and it definitely needs to be tore down. Um, but I, I mean, we also have to, within a community, our community, we have to look at, try to look at solutions um, within ourselves because this, I mean, it's just getting, it's, it, it's like every week or every other week is somebody else dying. And it's you know, like I every this, day. <laughs> pretty much. You know? I saw I saw this conversation on, on MSNBC the other day. And it, you know, it kind of it was it was interesting. It was uh Tiffany Cross, who's a co-host of her own show, and then um attorney Dunn, who's a managing partner of Cochrane Law Firm. And they were talking about the Dante Wright case. And he made a comment. He said, I wish Dante hadn't run. And Tiffany got really pissed off about it. And she was saying that he was blaming the victim. And she said something, another comment where she said uh, that the oppressed get oppressed for so long that they start taking talking points from the oppressors. And, you know, I understood what she was saying, but at the same time, I kind of disagreed with her because it's not when he was saying that he wished he, he didn't run. I didn't take it as him trying to blame Dante. Um, you know, he he explained that he was taught not never to run. And, you know, like I teach my son, you know, never to run, shut your mouth if something like that happens. And to me. You know, we know that the system is fucked up. We know that we play by two separate rules. Um, we we know these things, and so we can't operate in the in the space of what should be, um, you know, what what should be going on. Like, yeah, we should be able to have the same rights as everybody else. Yeah, we do see these videos where. You know, white people are doing crazy shit and still staying alive. And we know that when we see these videos that we can't do these things, that we did the same thing, we're going to die. So, yeah, we need to try to preach to our, our people. Hey, you know, don't run. I know you're scared or whatever, and you have the right to be scared, but don't run. Don't talk back. Don't do these things. We have to try to, while we're on one hand fighting the system pointing out injustice, which we need to do. On the other hand, we need to stay alive, you know, and we need to try to figure out how to stay alive. And so, you know, again, just saying that, you know, he shouldn't run, you know, it's not a critique. It's just trying to put the message out there to other people that are seeing this. Hey, if you're in the same situation, don't run. Now, 
Will it matter? I don't know. You know? But we're just putting more pressure on our, we're just giving ourselves less and less opportunity to live when we do. And I understand that, but sometimes I feel like with um, the activists and everything, it's just like the LGBTQ, like you can't really say or criticize without them saying that you're blaming or that you're pointing fingers. Like, no, I wish that he wouldn't have ran and I wish that he was still alive. Not saying yeah. that, I mean, anybody running from the police, that's illegal if they're stopping you to whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, no means to be gotten killed, you know, accidentally <laughs> as that um, case went. But yes, yes, sometimes I wish that they didn't do certain things. Not that that's blaming them, but it's like, wow, I just wish that maybe you could have just got that ticket and left. But like I said before, you know, with, um, uh, Philandro Castillo, he he complied. He told the guy he had a gun because he wanted to live, and that didn't help him. So it's a catch twenty two, like you said before, with us. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's no guarantee. I mean, unfortunately, it's no guarantee that we're going to live. But what it does do is it gives us a better opportunity of making it out of that situation. You know, I look at it somewhat akin to like mass shooting. You know, you you could go to a movie theater or a grocery store or wherever, just minding your own business. And that could be the day that a person just woke up and decided he was going he or she was going to shoot up somewhere and you could be in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, so even if you comply, you can meet that one officer who is just hell bent on killing. But. To not preach. Hey, compliance, you know, and just being quiet. I don't think that's giving oppressor talking points. I think that's helping the oppressor, you know, with their goal of eliminating us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we I mean, we have to do what we have to do to try to stay alive. And it's unfortunate because it shouldn't be on us to deescalate the situation, but it's on us to deescalate the situation because we have to understand what we're work, what we're working with. You know, it should be on the cops to deescalate the situation, but that's not how it works for us, you know? And so we can't, we have to start dealing in reality and, you know, while we're dealing reality, yes, we need to fight, fight the system. We need to fight the system. We need to point out the injustices. We need to, you know, march. We need to demonstrate. We need to do all those things. But at the same time, you know, if we don't stay alive, what does it matter in the end? And then these police officers are shocked that they're being found guilty. You, know, you remember Michael Slager, who shot um, Walter Scott in the back and tried to say that uh, Walter Scott grabbed for his um, taser. If it wasn't for another video of an innocent bystander, uh, we wouldn't even have that. But mm-hmm. he was in court because he wanted to get his sentence thrown out, claiming that his uh, attorney didn't make him aware of a plea deal that the prosecution was offering. But what I thought was interesting is what the judge said to him um, about the whole circumstance. He was just basically saying that you wanted to blame everybody else but yourself. But looking over all of the information of the case, the only person to blame is you for what, what situation that you're in right now. And mm-hmm. um, 
it would be interesting if people saw it that way, but it's never really that cut and dry because racism or the, those who, who don't care about Black Lives Mattering, they will always find a reason. They are mad that Derek Chauvin was even convicted. They wanted to call it the mob and people were afraid of riots mm-hmm. as if what he did wasn't wrong, like as if he shouldn't have been charged. I think that he was rightfully charged on all three counts. And I and I um, I am grateful to the jury for listening to the evidence and not the propaganda. The defense had no defense. Mm-hmm. We said it all through the trial. They had no defense. You cannot be you cannot blame pre-existing conditions on people when somebody has their knee on their neck for nine plus minutes. You just can't do it. You know, um, if I died of a heart attack because you have me in a chokehold, is it the heart attack that, you know, what brought on the heart attack? Was it the chokehold or was I having a heart attack and then you put me in a chokehold? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are very angry. Some people, and, and the thing about it is we're never going to get to those people. We'll never get to those people who are just hell bent. They could see it with their own eyes. They know that it's going on and they don't care because they don't think that we are human beings that deserve like Michael Chase said, all we're asking for, first, all we were asking for was civil rights. Just be civil with us. Then, like he said, I don't even know why this is a thing, but now we're fighting for equal rights. <laughs> and people are like, nah, equal, nah. What's wrong with you? So Yeah. And and you know, shout out to Darnella Frazier. She was the one who recorded the Yes. the Chauvin incident because if she hadn't recorded it Chauvin would have been free because absolutely you know, the, the, his word the against excuse, um, yeah because what they had said the original report was was something totally different he died of natural and, causes and they said he died of natural causes but because of her bravery and it, and it is bravery because you know we've seen in other cases where the people who have videotaped uh, police incidents have uh, been charged with different stuff and a couple other mm-hmm. have died. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out to her. Um, she's really the, the, the real MVP in all of this. She really is. And I remember at the beginning, people were mad at her for videotaping. And we have to understand as well that, yes, we want to jump in and fight, but those would have been a lot of lives lost that would have been justified. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. think she did the right thing. She she videotaped it. She put it out there. And we had the the video evidence. And like you said, he would not have gotten convicted had that video not surfaced. Yes. My beautiful brothers and sisters, I only got one question. Are you ready? Come on. I got so much trouble on my mind. Look at how they out here dealing with us. All these police here to really get us. Niggas really got a job when it's okay to kill us. Fuck that shit now. Nigga here to talk that shit now. Don't get caught up in the glitch now. We here to stick a fuck up in that bitch now. You ain't been with us, do not try to switch now. You been part of the fabric or the snitch now. Fuck the systematic oppression, sit down. Like you can still hit me with your little whip now. We demand justice and we come to get it. We're still fucking unapologetic with it. Our ancestors were very prophetic with it. They told us we are jackets all magnetic with it. Say what? Say what? Can't hear y'all. 
Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law on Monday a bill that would essentially punish protesters. The bill titled Anti-Riot has been criticized by Democrats and civil rights groups as unconstitutional for infringing on the First Amendment right to protest peacefully. DeSantos said of the bill, if you look at the breadth of the particular piece of legislation, it is the strongest anti-rioting, pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. Opponents of the bill point to the overbroad and vague language, which they say captures anybody who is peacefully protesting at a protest that turns violent through no fault of their own. Now, this bill has a lot of other crazy things in it. What do you think about it? I think this is another case of Republicans uh, not dealing with the issue and then creating their own issue. Um, instead of dealing with why the people are protesting, you know, the police, you know, police reform, they want to try to, you know, go after the protesters. Um, and like you said, I mean, when you read the bill, it's crazy. You know, he gets to decide what is constitutes a riot. And, you know, even if it's like three people together or something, you know, it, it can be a riot. He can consider it a riot. Twenty five people. It's a ma- You know, it's just it's ridiculous. It's protecting people who hit, hit who could run over um, protesters oh, yeah. with cars. Oh, yeah. it, it, that's another bill like that in Oklahoma. In Texas and Texas too Oklahoma, now. Yeah. in Oklahoma's bill. Yeah. You can run over protesters with a car. They're and be protected. The if they're blocking the street and be protected. I mean, this, you know, it's like I said, it's another case of Republicans refusing to deal with the actual issue and creating a different issue that nobody asked for. Um, you know, and, and it's just flat out leading the bunch of crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, DeSantos is, is batshit crazy himself, you know, and he's still trying to appeal to the Trump supporters uh, because he wants, you know, because he's getting ready to come up for election. He knows that a lot of people in Florida don't like him. So he's trying to grab on to that Trump, you know, since Trump won that state, he's trying to grump, you know, trying to grab on to those supporters and, and create bills and, and do stuff that um, will appeal to them. But, um this bill is ridiculous. I hope it does get it does get shot down at the Supreme Court uh, since Democrats are taking it there. And it can, lead, you know, it, it's only going to lead to more trouble. You know, the police a lot of times instigate these riots and that's what they don't want to talk about. You know, when, when people when you're when you're protesting or when you're somewhere and then a bunch of people show up in riot gear start pulling out guns and stuff what i mean that who that's gonna put you on edge Mm -hmm. if you're human it's gonna put you on edge. so if they're gonna treat you you know a lot of people if they get treated like they're something they wind up being what they're treated like or acting what they're treated like and so um you know this this bill is disastrous and you know it's just going to lead to more more trouble and not and not less now, I'm wondering when people are going to wake up and see, like even in Florida, I know the population in Florida is a lot of uh, Latinx, you know, a lot of crazy people. But when are people going to wake up and realize, because DeSantos is also in um, controversy with the vaccine distribution, 
the public situation where he granted them the right to only give out the vaccine, you know, where he's letting his rich friends get the vaccine before. Like, when are people going to start realizing that these people are not looking out for your best interest? They don't care about you, white, black or otherwise, because these people, all they care about is greed and control. You know, they're passing all these bills, all of these Republican led states are passing all of these races and anti, I say, American, anti-human laws. Like, how would you make it okay to run someone over because they're blocking the street in a protest? Like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, why? You know, and they keep doing these things and, and standing up there saying that they're tr they're fixing a problem. Like, we're tired of pro police um, bills. That's the problem is that everything is about the police, but the police are not held, uh, held accountable for their actions. Like you said, agitating. They come out in riot gear. They don't just come out in riot gear. They spray you for no apparent reason. Then people oh, yeah, start getting, pepper. then people start running. It's a melee. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that could be considered the a riot. Spray, the rubber bullets, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the tear gas, you know, tear all gas. these things. Yeah. Um, these things can affect you. And, you know, and they do it. We saw it in um, we saw it in Washington when uh, Trump wanted to do his little walk to the church and the people were protesting peacefully. Nothing was going on. And all of a sudden they got they started getting shot with rubber bullets and tear gas and stuff just so they could clear the streets so that he could walk to the church to hold up a Bible upside down. Upside down. And like you said about the Supreme Court, it's so stacked right now. They just ruled on a decision um, about allowing kids to have life in prison if they commit a crime. Brett Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So we can't even really rely on the Supreme Court anymore because they don't seem like they're a mutual or a nonpartisan party anymore. Well, the, the Supreme Court was never supposed to be political. Right. But it's become very political. Very political. Uh, uh, so. No, you can't depend on the on the the Supreme Court. That's why Democrats are talking about adding some Supreme Court seats to which Republicans are losing their damn minds about. And it's funny. I mean, the whole thing is hilarious. Like when I heard uh, Ted Cruz talk about it, talking about, well, we never we never tried to stack the the stack the judges stack the Supreme Court while we were in power. I'm like, what do you mean? You didn't? I mean. That he held is off a Supreme lie. Court nominee for like a year and a half. And then when there was like two weeks to the election, you you mm -hmm. pushed through a nomination. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they went yeah, exactly what you said, exactly what you said. They, you know, when when Obama was in office and it was a year before he was the new election, they blocked uh, Gorsuch's. I mean, not Gorsuch. Um, forget his name right now. But they blocked his nomination, just would not let him go into, you know, at all. And then when Trump was like a month before his election, they, they, you know, they went against what they said and they jammed Made a reason why. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, this is different because. Yeah, just because we're in, we're, we're, we're in, we we're can in do office. it. Yeah. So, yeah, of course they, they, uh, I mean, McConnell said his whole goal was to stack the Supreme Court, you know? So, yeah. So, I mean. Republicans make rules as they go. Democrats, you know, like I've said before, their problem with them is they play too nice. Um, 
they try to play by the rules while Republicans don't play by, you know, have no rules. And then we have Repub- then we have Democrats that make stupid. Well, I, I don't know. Joe Manchin, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with him, but his reasoning is really dumb. And I don't I guess, you know, Virginia is not really a Democratic state, so he has to be a centrist, I guess. Yeah, it's purple. Right, right. But you know, we, we don't even have unity in our own in the in the conference because you have the progressives that want now or never now or nothing. Then you have these few I call them Republicans <laughs> that you know have want want to work together with people who have no intention on working together. So hopefully something changes. I now yield one minute to the gentleman from the great state of New York, Congressman Mondeo Jones. Gentleman from New York is recognized for one minute. Mr. Speaker, I have had enough of my colleagues' racist insinuations that somehow the people of Washington, D.C. are incapable or even unworthy of our democracy. One Senate Republican said that D.C. wouldn't be a, quote, well-rounded working-class state. I had no idea there were so many syllables in the word white. One of my House Republican colleagues said that D.C. shouldn't be a state because the district doesn't have a landfill. (laughs) My goodness, with all the racist trash my colleagues have brought to this debate, I can see why they're worried about having a place to put it. The truth is, there is no good faith argument for disenfranchising over 700,000 people, Mr. Speaker, most of whom are people of color. The long debate of D.C. statehood continues. This week, a bill that would make D.C. the 51st state passed the House along party lines, with 216 Democrats voting yes and 208 Republicans voting no. Now the bill goes to the Senate, where Democrats are optimistic that it will pass, but from my standpoint, it doesn't look likely. If passed, D.C. would be granted two senators and one representative. While granting D.C. statehood seems like a no-brainer, critics feel like it's a power grab. What do you think? Well, I think that it is logical. They pay taxes that they should be represented represented um, as a state or have representatives to fight for the issues that they're going through. I mean, the, the, the Republicans are always um, pants on fire. They have no logical reason for it not to become a statehood other than they believe that D.C., because it is a predominantly black uh, district, would go for Democrats. So the only reason why they have a problem with it is because they know they're going to lose. And instead of changing their messaging and trying to reach, I know that they said now that they're, you know, the party of the working class, but their actions are not showing that. And instead of trying to change their messaging, they just want to block anything. Yeah, I mean, this one is simple. Um, the only reason why, I mean, they, they're coming up with all kinds of crazy reasons. You know, one one senator said uh, they don't want that D.C. shouldn't get it because they don't have a car dealership. Uh, they, and mining companies. <laughs> um, the other one said it because D.C. has too much crime. I, I was watching one. I, I didn't really even understand his argument. He was talking about the shape of D.C. and all these edges. Um, I mean, the, the reasoning is really simple. Like you said, um, 
DC is 40, 46% black and it's very democratic. It's a very democratic, uh, well, territory. So, um, they know that if it, if it became a state that it would be two, you know, most likely it would be two democratic senators and another, uh, democratic, uh, represent house representative. And that would, you know, further shift the power in Congress. And that's the whole, that's, that's the only thing that they're worried about. Um, because then, you know, the filibuster, you know, they could use a filibuster and then uh, people like Joe Manchin wouldn't be so, so powerful. Um, you know, and it's crazy. It's crazy that people stand up there and say these outrageous things and they still get voted. in. Like, when is it that you're going to realize that these people are dumb? Well, most of these people that that. Most of these senators and in Congress, most people in Congress in general, are in safe districts. Um, so you know they can say whatever they want to say because they know that one, they probably won't be primaried, and two, the people, regardless of what they they say, are going to vote for them. Um, you know, Mitt Romney, he he's you know he always tries to be the sensible Republican, and he's saying that yeah. DC should be state should be a state, but not its own independent state. Given to Maryland, should, yeah, join the Maryland, and again, even him. Why would he want that? Because that would keep the the Senate. You know, it wouldn't change the balance of the Senate because um, DC wouldn't be given two more senators. But they tried that with Maryland, and Maryland doesn't want it, so that's a no go. Which he knew. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he tries to be the sensible Republican, but he still is looking at it from a political standpoint. Um, there's no reason why DC shouldn't be a, a, a state. They do everything uh, that other states do, as far as paying taxes and you know everything else that states do, except for having representation, and so. You know, this this should happen, but it's not I don't again like I I don't understand why Democrats seem to be optimistic because you have Joe Manchin there and he doesn't believe DC should be should be uh a state. So they don't even have enough Democrat votes for it to happen. Well he really hasn't said anything. He hasn't oh, yes, signed he has. the bill. Oh, because the last thing I read was that they hadn't signed on him and Cinema, yeah, well, he, really yeah, yeah, they're not say they, yay or nay. From what I heard, he's not, he's not. What supportive. is his reasoning? That he's Joe Manchin. I can't with him, and you know, so uh, Virginia needs to really take a deep look into who they're voting for and get this man out of there. Well, I mean, again, that goes back to what I was saying about. You know, the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Um, you know, a Manchin, if Manchin was a Republican during Trump, the Trump era, and he was consistently against everything that Trump was doing or, or against a lot of stuff that Trump was doing, they would primary him. Mm -hmm. You know, Democrats are trying to appease him. They're not trying, they're not putting pressure on him by saying, hey, Okay, keep on with this. We're gonna prime. We're gonna put somebody up. We're gonna put the money. Well, they're behind afraid him. that he just switches to Republican, and then 
at this time, like they could primary him or, or threaten him, but he is so important to the balance of the Senate that if he says, you know what, I'll be a Republican, then we lose we lose any type of ability to, no, to make I mean, it. Yeah, you might in the short term. But you know, yeah. again, long term. So maybe they're thinking long term. Like we'll 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 play with him right now, but we're going to primary him. I don't know. Democrats no, they're so. not because because again, even if he was to go to uh, the Republicans, so to speak, that would make it fifty one forty nine. But even he's against the filibuster, so being fifty fifty doesn't matter anyway, because they can't. You know, he he's he's against. You know, getting rid of the filibuster, which would make them have control with with uh, Kamala being able to um, make the tie, you know, break the break the tie. So, you know, he he's sitting in his his high horse because he knows he's the most powerful Democrat right now in the Senate because, you know, they know he knows that they need him. So, he, you know, he he plays his little posture, you know, he postures and plays all these things, these games. But, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't bow to him. I would tell him, OK, you know, fuck you. We're going to we're going to primary you and we're going to get rid of you. You know, and, unless you get to the, get get with us, you know, we're going to you know, you're going to get gone. Well, Virginia might be feeling the same way because I was reading that. Uh, the unions are trying to pressure him to at least go with Biden on this infrastructure deal because I don't understand why more jobs is not appealing. Well, the problem with, again, like I was saying last week, the problem with these bills, and again, is the Democrats want to pass huge bills and it, it is not a problem. I mean, I believe in everything that's, I, I like most of the stuff that are in these bills, but they need to break them down. It's not going to matter. It is not going to matter. Not coming from, not the, the, the Republicans. I feel like regardless of what they put on the table, they're going to fight it because they don't want that type of legislation going through with a with a democratic uh, uh, control. Yeah, but they have. You know what I mean? They have. They're, they they've said no, but I would I would call them out on their bluff. See, this is what uh-huh. you can use against them. You know, call them out on their uh-huh. bluff. Take all the Green Deal stuff out of there. Uh-huh. You know, put 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 just regular infrastructure in there. Put just put the railroads, uh, high speed internet fixing of the roads, stuff that everybody agrees with. doesn't matter what, you know, everybody. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent. Nobody mm-hmm. likes the, the damn roads. Everybody hates hitting potholes, mm-hmm. right? Everybody wants internet, I think. I so, mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just you, saying, you I think. You can't live in this world without internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I mean, that that's not political. Older people are doing it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I like to believe that internet is not political. So I would call it, you know, call them out on their bluff. Take all the Green Steel stuff out and say, okay, here, let's pass this stuff. Now, if they go against that, then you use that against them. Hey, they don't even want to give you damn internet. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to fix the damn roads. This is not about Green New Deal. We're not talking about any of the climate stuff that's an argument. We're talking about giving you some new roads, fixing these damn bridges, fixing the railroad, fixing, um, you know, giving broadband internet, so on and so forth. And if they don't go for that, then use it against them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, use political, you know, again, everything, you know, you can use that as political pressure against them, because what are they going to sit there and say to the American people when you say, so you guys were against Internet? True. That's true. So um, it's just it's just knowing how to, you know, again, knowing how to fight. And yeah, then you fight for, you know, once you get that stuff passed, then you can start fighting for the other things that make sense. You know, again, it's not that they don't make sense. It's just that let's get what we can get done, done, and then fight for other stuff later. of the unofficial holiday for weed, 420, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on Tuesday made the case for U.S. law to decriminalize and regulate marijuana at the federal level. Schumer's support for the legislation dates back to 2018. He said in a speech on the Senate floor, the war on drugs has too often been a war on people, particularly people of color. 16 states have already legalized marijuana for adults, And last month, D.C. and Virginia lawmakers voted to legalize cannabis, which will go into effect this summer. The history of criminalizing marijuana is rooted in racism and caused many people of color to face incarceration. I say it's about time. What do you think? Well, definitely about time. I mean, it's stupid. It's been stupid. Um, You know, and and it especially since that you have some states who who have legalized um, marijuana, um, but yet it's still illegal federally. You know, I mean. The thing about it is, B, is that in the 19th century or like 1916, they were using marijuana for medicinal purposes. It was even sold in pharmacy. You know, hemp was like a big, thing before cotton became so strong. They were making clothes. The federal government even advised farmers to grow him. It only became illegal when, um, you know, Mexicans came over in like 1910. They introduced us to marijuana as a recreational thing. And then bam, they started making it. They started talking about how dangerous people are on marijuana. And, you know, so they started to try to outlaw it. They've had all of this research saying how it makes you angry and aggressive, you know, and then 
there we go. We had laws that made it illegal. And it was really, I, I say it's rooted in racism, but I think it was really a, a money grab as well. Um, but the reason to push that propaganda. I mean, yeah. Drugs, I mean, the dirty little secret that people don't want to talk about is the American government makes more money with drugs being illegal than it, than they would be if they were legal. Um, and, you know, that's just, just, even now with them, they're making money off it being legal because the way that they're selling it um, and taxing it. But, um, you know, all these drugs, they make so much money off it being illegal, you know, because you look at it, now, if you look at other drugs, how do they get into the United States? They get overboard, you know, they come over from ports and stuff, meaning mm-hmm. somebody's turning the eye, turning their, you know, their head when they come in. Somebody's getting paid. But I mean, with weed, you know, all the all the studies show that I've never met a person smoking weed that just you know makes them angry. I've never had an aggressive encounter with someone high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, not off of weed. Yeah, no. they they might have the munchies, or they might be sleepy. You know, so, or super chill, um, <laughs> or chill, or super deep in thought. You know, you hear the craziest, or goofy. You know, yeah, real goofy, <laughs> and start talking, start giving you some real deep thought, philosophical stuff type of stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I don't. I, this whole thing about you know, weed and, and throwing people in jail for smoking weed or possessing, you know, weed is it, crazy. And, you know, just like prohibition, it needs to go away. Yeah, it was never what they said it was. It was never how they propagated it. No, they and it's it's a bunch of stereotypes now with weed. You know, they you know, when people, you know, we've seen it. We were talking about it last week um, when people die by the police, you know, they start talking about, oh, they're smoking weed and and this, that and the other um, like that. May- You'd be surprised how many people of different races and cultures smoke weed professionals. You know, a lot of people smoke weed that, are you know, it's not the face that they put on weed is not the the stoner sitting, you know, not doing anything with their lives. It's a lot of people that use recreational marijuana and our productive uh, people in society. Well, again, unfortunately, um, it is the racial part of the weed is how the different races are portrayed who smoke weed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Beavis and Butthead, everybody knows Beavis and Butthead smoke weed, but they're portrayed as funny and cool. But black people smoking weed are portrayed as being thugs. It's like cracking on coke. I mean, yeah, it's a different form, but it's the same. But they look at coke as being a higher class of drug, so they don't look at you, you know. It's like you're still a drug addict. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. no matter how you try to slice it, you still, like, no matter if you're Black, white, or Asian, Hispanic, you smoke weed, you smoke weed. It doesn't make you less of a person. It doesn't make you dumb. It doesn't make you violent. It doesn't make you aggressive. People die of off alcoholism all the time, and it's legal. 
Well, I mean, alcohol. I would is, argue is, that it, weed is way more safer, way more safer than alcohol, especially when they use it. That's what I was about to say. Alcohol is much more damaging to your body um, than than weed is. You know, tobacco is much more to, more damaging to your body uh-huh. than weed is. You know, weed is more is medicinal. I mean, uh-huh. weed can. I mean, has been shown to be able to cure things. Um, For centuries, people were using it, especially in 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 the Asian countries. They used weed for menstrual cramps. Before we had all of these pills, they used weed for menstrual cramps, for pain. Like there were a lot of things that cannabis, I would say, um, because I guess there's different forms, like the plant that you smoke. But they used that to heal. Yeah. I mean, and they know that. Um, But again, like I said, there's much more money in incarcerating people. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the, you know, prisons making because all these, pr- you know, you have all these Free private prisons or very, very cheap labor. Well, not just that, the contract to mm-hmm. to have the prison to 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 house them, you know, because a lot of these prisons are, are private and they get these big government contracts to operate. And so, of course, if they have a big, you know, if they have the space, they want to fill them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then you have the free labor and, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I mean, it makes more, it's a lot more money to criminalize something, criminalize weed than it is to, um, have it, uh, legal. You know, you see, and and the funny thing is you see other countries like Amsterdam, now Mm -hmm. they, you know, they legalize, they have districts where they, they have all drugs are legal. Cafes, you go in and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, but the funny thing is. You know, whereas the argument is, well, if the, if you make drugs legal, it's going to create, you know, all these, you know, more crime and stuff. Amsterdam actually has less crime than less us. Crime. And they have and they have the, you know, the their their districts where they can where you can do anything you want to do. Anything. You, know? And, you know, so, you know, I, I, you know, me personally, I don't care what people do. I mean, if they want to. I mean, I think we should legalize all drugs, just like Amsterdam, you know, um, a lot of people do do, you know, some some there's a big portion of people that do drugs just because it's illegal. Right. You know, because you, you have the people that want to just do something that gets against, against the, the system. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at some point, I don't know when, at some point, you know, they need to make le- weed legal federally yeah because they have it legal in the states and people have these um what do you call them that these stores and then the feds will come raided again financially uh burdening the small people but getting there in my neighborhood there was three dispensaries that got closed um over here and it was, and they were all rated by the feds. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no matter that it's legal in your state, you could still face prosecution and be rated because the federal government doesn't acknowledge it as a, um, as a legal drug. They acknowledge it as a controlled substance. Yeah. And that, and that, and that in itself just seems stupid to me. Like, so it can be legal, but illegal in your state. Or it could be used for medicine, but it's a bad drug. 
Like we can use it to heal, but something's wrong with it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah, mean, I, I mean, even I mean, yeah, like it's to the point. I mean, even doctors, if you talk to them, they will even say, yeah. Some doctors will say, yeah, weed will help you in this. I mean, if they're not trying to push pharmaceuticals. Right. Um, they'll, they'll even tell you, like alternative doctors, they will tell you that. You right. Know, Cancer patients can use it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of arthritis, but like a lot of people before we even, like I said, centuries ago, we're using it people for medicine. Who are, people who are epileptic, they've mm-hmm. told them that smoking weed can help them with epilepsy. Um, there's 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 been plenty of uh, documentation of of different things that we can help you with, and um, you know, it's like everything else. Uh, pretty much every issue that that is in America right now, it's very political. You know, Republicans want to act like they don't smoke weed. I'm sure right. plenty of them do. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they yeah they act like they don't want to smoke weed or they don't smoke weed. And, you know, they're not going to vote for this bill, you know. So, I mean, I hope Schumer. I don't know where he gets his optimism from either, because there's not. (laughs) I mean, no, I mean, I just like I I don't I don't don't understand. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 an optimistic person. I believe in optimism. But I mean, at the same time, you got to believe in realism, too. I mean, like, where's your 10 votes? Where? You know, they need they need they need 10. I don't even know if Mansion and Cinema are behind we'll weed. Go for it. Uh, I say just do it already. Like stop playing these games and just do it. Well, you need sixty votes. So and, I mean, I don't know where this. I don't know where the sixty votes and are. The states that have legalized it have gotten a lot of revenue already. Yeah, they haven't Colorado had, they was haven't like had one any, of the, any problem. They have, and they have, and it hasn't. It hasn't increased crime. Hasn't done anything. You know, so there's no there's no logical argument against doing it. And like you said, it has raised revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's raised revenue here. It's raised revenue in Colorado. It's raised revenue everywhere. So there's no logical. I mean, you know, Republicans are, are all for revenue generating things and stuff like that. But again, this they're against for what, you know, and. And, and like I said, just to be against it, that's it. That's the reason. Just to, just to be against it. You know, to me, this is another issue where Democrats, if they really put it out there and like make it a main, a big, big issue, um, they can make them, they can make Republicans look stupid because, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot. I know a lot of people who are conservative or Republican that smoke weed. Yes, it, it has. no It has no line. Everybody does it and not like everybody does it, but I'm just saying in each group of people poor, rich, black, white, Hispanic, uh, Asian, every across the spectrum, middle class, they do it. So, I mean, just do it like Nike. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Elevated Minds. Thank you for listening. I want to give a big shout out to Exposure Theory Radio for supporting us. And before we leave, we want to give a rest in peace to Shock G from Digital Underground. Seems like every week we're losing losing another icon. Um, But until next week, 
please uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Elevated Minds. That is E-L-E-V-8-E-D-M-I-N-D-Z. And until then, keep it elevated. you're doing cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to I look funny but yo I'm making money see so yo world I hope you're ready for me now gather round I'm the new fool in town and my sound's laid down by the underground I drink a bottle of Hennessy you got on your shelf so just let me introduce myself my name is Humpty pronounced with the Humpty yo ladies oh how I like to funk thee and all the rappers in the top 10 please allow me to bump thee I'm stepping tall y'all and just like Humpty Dumpty you're gonna fall when the stereos pump me I like to rhyme I like my beats funky I'm spunky I like my oatmeal lumpy I'm sick with this straight gangster Mac but sometimes I get ridiculous I'll eat up all your crackers and your licorice Oh, yo, fat girl Come here, are you ticklish? Yeah, I called you fat Look at me, I'm skinny It never stopped me from getting busy I'm a freak I like the girls with the boom I once got busy in a bathroom I'm crazy Allow me to amaze thee They say I'm ugly, but it just don't faze me I'm still getting in the And I even got my own dance The Humpty Dance